And so as we now go to Hebrews chapter 1, which is where we'll be, if you grab a Bible and open to Hebrews chapter 1, it might be good for all of us to read together, just to stretch a little bit. Uh, and as we go into the sermon, I promise the sermon will be shorter. Uh, you didn't sign up for a two-hour service today. Uh, but we'll go to Hebrews chapter 1 and read together uh, verses 1 through 4. And I'll ask you to stand with me as we read that together. So Hebrews chapter 1. Verses 1 through 4. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, we thank you as we've been able to hear uh, many ways in which you've blessed us. Uh, and we don't want to forget any of that, but we do want to set it aside and have our hearts and minds now drawn to what we just read together. That you are ultimately the best news, the greatest update that any of us can receive today is the gospel of your son coming into our world to save us from our sins. And so would you help us just to get a glimpse of the beauty and the glory that is herein described so that in this environment that we're in that includes so much trial and includes so much darkness that we would just see the glowing hot bright light of your good news and grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Entitled this message today from Hebrews chapter one, The God Who Speaks. Uh, these four verses are what will shape uh, our reflection together of the first advent of our Savior, and so we'll go slowly through these first four verses over the next few weeks, and we will have a, a Christmas Eve service uh, on Christmas Eve at 7 p.m. if you're able uh, to join us then, but for each Sunday now leading up to then, we will together be in Hebrews chapter 1 and trying to unpack all that this passage tells us about how great and unique Jesus is. And this first emphasis is that he is the God who speaks. And what that immediately should highlight for us is someone who speaks is someone whom we're able to be in relationship with. If he speaks, he can be known. And if he can be known, he can be related to. Uh, there, there's many beautiful parts of God's creation that we can enjoy and observe. But to have a real uh, 
appreciation with and to back and forth with is unique when we encounter the things that can speak back to us. So I heard uh, one pastor who I really respect uh, in Washington, D.C. named Mark, uh, he one time said, you know, some of you might uh, love your dogs or your cats at home, and you might go home and immediately call them by name, and you can love them, and they're real living things, but it would be a totally different relationship if they talked back to you. It would surprise you and it would change the dynamic if all of a sudden uh, the words coming were also coming back towards you. When we see here in this passage that God speaks and that he has spoken over a long period of time, we are blessed uh, to then be challenged to consider what does it mean to have a relationship with the living God? And that's the, the, the thrust of this passage. But here it says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So the first point being made is that it is the one God who speaks. It is one God that exists and who speaks throughout human history. He has spoken in a variety of ways to a variety of people but it is the same God who has spoken the world into existence, who has revealed the law to Moses, who has revealed visions and dreams to the prophets, who is now speaking to us in the Son. For some people, uh, if they're not as familiar with the scripture, they maybe have heard there's sort of uh, a God of the Old Testament and some sort of a different God in the New Testament and think that there's different voices speaking over time. And we have to do the figure out, do the work to figure out which of the many voices we're trying to listen to. Well, the author of this sermon just starts off clear. I mean, he has no intro. He doesn't care to tell us who he is. He doesn't tell us who he's talking to. He just starts off, listen, there is one God who has been speaking all along. And it's the same God who spoke the world into existence, who revealed himself in the burning bush, who wrote the commandments in stone, who gave visions and dreams to Daniel and Ezekiel, who gave amazingly predictive prophecy to Isaiah and to Jeremiah. He's done a whole variety of things and in different ways he's amazingly creative and gifted in all of his communication but it is the same God who has been communicating all along and what we now learn about him through his son is consistent with everything we've been hearing all along he didn't only communicate to one person or only at one point in time. He has communicated to many people over long periods of time, which enables our confidence in what he says to grow. Like, if we don't know each other very well, I could say to any of you that I, I love you and that I'm worthy of your trust. It takes me about three seconds to say that. How long does it take for me to prove that? that I really do love you and that I really can be trusted. It takes a lot longer. <laughs> and so in communication, when we desire not only the information that comes, but a sense of verification and authenticity, and we say, 
how do, we, how do we know we can really trust what God has said? He's saying, well, he said this over a long period of time in many different ways to many different people. So don't just take only one person's word for it or one person's experience. Don't just listen to the people who wrote the scripture when, man, they were having a good day and so everything they wrote was positive and they went through no sense of suffering or difficulty. No, we have just as much scripture where God is speaking to someone who's going through profound levels of pain. And most of what they're sharing in scripture are questions about, God, who are you? What are you doing? How does this make sense? And so when we read all of scripture, we see the variety of authors, people who were kings and people who were peasants, people who were broken and hurt and angry and despairing, and people who were joyful and thankful. And over many generations, at different points in human history and in different geographical places on the planet, this voice has consistently come through that it is the same God who is speaking. And so we celebrate Christmas, not just as God's message to us, but as the fulfillment of promises that he made over time to many people in many places. So that we don't simply look back and say, it's true Jesus came, but that because Jesus came, everything that God had been saying is true everything he'd been promising about the new covenant, about a future, about people from every tribe, tongue, and nation being before him, about a lamb that would be slain. Everything he said we believe is shown to be true and trustworthy in the coming of Jesus because God had been speaking all along. It was the one God who speaks. And then it tells us now that he has one son who has come. Verse two, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things and through whom also he created the world. His one and only son, who has not only spoken over time, but has entered into time and space. So that in all the various forms of communication, we now have the direct word. He's talking. He's teaching. And so, though we believe there is a continuity between the Old and the New Testament, there should be for all of us a sense of excitement to say, okay, so what did Jesus say? How did he explain it all? How did he put the pieces together? How did he teach? Because if he is the only son who has come into time and space to reveal to us what the God who made all of time and space has been saying all along, we want to listen to him. And we want to listen directly to him and prioritize what it is he says. Right, we know this in our own relationships. When we're together with someone, we can communicate directly and when we're apart from each other, we have to find all these other ways to communicate. And so I always have this experience where uh, I don't like put any favorites in my phone and my contact list. Um, so I just either have my contacts or I go to recent calls. 
And so usually I can pull out my phone and go to recent calls. And like Amy is, if not the last call I made, like two or three calls down. And if I ever pull out my phone and I just have to keep scrolling because I have not called her for a while, what it usually means is we've been together. Oh, I had a week break and so we were together the whole time. And because we were together, I didn't call her, I didn't text her, I just talked to her. And when we're not together and her day is in one place and my day is in another place, then there's a whole lot of other types of communication that have to go on. And those aren't bad communications, those aren't inconsistent, but every text message we say and every email we write, we all know is not to be preferred to the lived experience of people we love, to be together with them, and to be in an environment where we say, we don't need a phone anymore. <laughs> we, we don't need a computer right now to communicate. We can just communicate with each other. That has been, for me, one of the joyful aspects of this past year um, and being able to go to California and see most of my dad's side of the family and being able to go back to Serbia after the pandemic disrupted a trip I would have gone 18 months ago and to go with Gaylord and see people just to be reaffirmed in the goodness of saying, I mean, I'm happy that we have all these ways of communicating. Like my kids can communicate with their cousins in South America like instantly. That's amazing, that's beautiful. But I still long for all the times that those things are not needed when we're just together. And what we're celebrating in Christmas is the goodness that God, yes, he can speak through dreams and visions and burning bushes and animals and the heavens declare the glory of God. All of that is wonderful and beautiful communication. But it all leads to ultimately the best, the direct, the final word in the communication that we get from his one son who has come. And because there is one God who's been speaking throughout all of time and one son who has entered in time, where Hebrews takes us is to then tell us that there is one way to life eternal. And it's through him. If he is the one son of the one voice that's been speaking throughout all of human history and he presents to us through his coming life eternal. Again, he's a relational God. We can accept the invitation that he offers or we can reject the invitation. But there's no other invitation. He's the best. He's the clearest. And so when he invites us to receive him, to experience eternal life, we are free to say no. But everything else we would then say yes to is less. And so scripture confronts us to say, don't choose any one else or any other way than him. Don't fill your life listening to so many other voices who do not really know you, who do not really love you or care for you, who cannot provide for you the way of life eternal. Listen and respond to the voice crying out and calling out his love for you and for me by coming into this world and offering us hope. That's the invitation to all of us in what we celebrate at Christmas.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that we can look back on and see over time the promises that you've made and the promises that you kept and the ways that that can give us assurance that for all the things we're still waiting for and still longing for, that you will be true to your word, that you will come again in glory, that you will make all that is wrong right, that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. We thank you for the assurance that uh, our celebration of your first coming gives us. And so we pray that you would help us in our lives to be open to the relationship that you long to have with each of us. That like a deer pants for the waters, we would thirst and long for you above anything else. And to experience the fullness of joy and life that you offer us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.